As the NFL scouting combine rolls along, more and more of those quarterbacks that could go in the first round are talking, and they're talking about their experience speaking with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we're going to talk about those quarterbacks, what they've said about the Steelers so far, how it might impact their look, and will the Steelers take one at 20? Joining me to talk about that is someone who's been covering the combine, someone who's been there since it started on Tuesday, Wes Euler, one of our returning guests from Steeler Nation Radio. We're going to have a fun conversation with him about that and a certain prospect who he started to fall in love with, who I've told y'all about, and maybe he could help convince you that to join the hype train there as well. I'm Chris Carter of the Locked on Steelers podcast. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. Hit the like button on, on this video if you're watching it on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button to our YouTube channel to get all of our daily content Monday through Friday and sometimes our bonus episodes over the weekend. If you want to help out the show even further, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a positive comment, and you'll get a shout-out at the end of the show. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day. Joining me, a friend of ours, Wes Euler. First of all, happy belated birthday to Wes. Uh, we wished him a happy birthday in Locked On Steelers Facebook group, but Wes, you're a year older. You still don't look like it. You're st- your hair's still immaculate. You still I got it going. S- still look like I'm 12. You know, I think one of the first <laughs> times I – one of the first times I ever did this locked on Steelers with you, you know, like last season, I think it was, you know, I always go back and I like to read the comments and the YouTube and everything. One of the first shows I ever did with you, the, like the first comment I read was, this guy looks like he's 14. How am I supposed to take anything <laughs> that he says seriously? Yeah, you know what? You guys think that's an insult, but I'm 31 years old and I still get carded <laughs> when I buy cigars. Forget that's, alcohol. Cigars I get carded. And that's when we're pretty 60 good. Years, when we're 60 years old, we'll see who's laughing. Right. I mean, you shouldn't be laughing now. You're like, you should be laughing now. It's this, this is great. Like you're still looking young as heck. I got my beard on. Everyone knows that no one, no one's carded me in like, in like at least six years. It's been, it's been a minute since that's happened to me. Um, but I did appreciate your, uh, the shout out on the the Facebook group. And I, I love that group. I love this gang and I appreciated uh, the love on there. Thank well, you. We appreciate you. Do check out Wes. He's on Steeler Nation radio all the time. And he, he you can hear him on the ears and beers podcast with Adam Crowley. But Wes, you're in, first of all, what's it like at the Combine, man? I know things haven't really kicked off yet, but you've been seeing all the, he's got Lucas Oil Stadium in the background that behind is, That is, if you're watching on YouTube, that's Lucas Oil Stadium right out <laughs> my hotel view. How about that? Now that's, that's pretty crazy. Uh, Wes, I got to ask you, though, what's been your, what's been the vibe that you've gotten from the scouting Combine so far? Just being there, radio road, doing the shows, but also getting to see everybody talk. Yeah, it's. You know, early in the week especially, it it feels like it's always quarterbacks, right? I mean, they're the prom kings. They're the ones that, you know, we we were were spoiled today. We had Greg Cosell on the show today, you know, son, of course, of Howard Cosell, NFL Films, 42 years. And he said this, and I've never heard anyone say this before, but I thought it was great. He said, you know, guys, honestly, he said there's two NFL drafts every year. There's the NFL draft, and then there's the quarterback draft. And he said they're, they're really kind of two separate entities because you have the teams that are looking for quarterbacks, you have the teams that are not looking for quarterbacks, and that just can make you know crazy differences between where those franchises are at. Um, today was the day the quarterbacks spoke. It was kind of the first real 
hands-on day. You know, things started on Tuesday, but Wednesday kind of being the first uh, real opportunity to get in front of some of these guys and, and all those different things. A lot of picket talk, a lot of Willis talk, a um, lot of uh, choral talk. It, it's, it's been all quarterbacks for the most part. That'll continue, obviously, through the whole week, but it'll, it'll start to get, I think, more into offensive linemen and wide receivers and, and defensive line. Really good edge rusher class this year, eight or nine guys that could go in the first round. But, yeah, today, all quarterbacks, all Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett for the most part, Chris, those are the two names. You know, every year there's a guy or two that kind of dominates the headlines at the Combine. Um, my first year, 2019, it was Kyler Murray and DK Metcalf, right? Like, I remember it clear as day. Um, this year, so far, it's, it's clearly Malik and it's clearly Kenny. And, again, that's, that's just kind of expected because that's, you know, the quarterbacks are the prom kings and that's what you're going to get. Absolutely. But that's the story that I wanted to lead with here, because these quarterbacks, uh, you know, everyone's kind of meeting with the Steelers. Like, it's no secret they, that they're that they're interested in this entire quarterback class. They want to see how these how, how this group is. Uh, you know, there were some interesting inter interactions we had here, just some quotes that came out. Malik Willis said when he met with the Steelers, said he didn't know much about their offensive style or how they ran things. But he said he liked their coaching staff. And I think that was an, an interesting statement there because, you know, he's also I mean, it's obvious the Steelers have been courting him. They, they, they've been they've been talking to his parents at, at, at the Senior Bowl. They watched him very closely. It can't be a secret to him or anyone out there, really, that that's that's taking a closer even like a even a sky's eye view of the NFL of this NFL right, draft class. Right. It's clear the Steelers like him. But I thought it was interesting. He said he liked the coaching staff. That's honestly when I when I hear like Adam Schefter and people talk to guys over the years, whether it's you know he interviews Najee Harris or anyone that the Steelers have drafted over the years. That's one of the things that that comes across to most players that they enjoy talking to Mike Tomlin and the Steelers staff. Yeah, and you know, I I loved the honesty from Malik, Malik Willis there. I mean, do you, do you really expect a college quarterback at this point to know all thirty-two NFL offenses? You know, right? I I, I liked how he said, "I, I want to score points." You know that that that's what I'm all about. Um, yeah, I thought he did great at the podium today because you knew you knew the type of questions he's going to get. You know, the competition that you played against at Liberty, uh, some of the concerns about your accuracy, those things. I thought he did really well. And, yeah, I'm interested as this week goes along to see – because you you know this, Chris, but I think maybe not all Steeler fans know this. There's two types of interviews at the Combine, right? right? There's there's just the general where everyone sits down with, with your staff, you know, maybe the head coach, but the coordinators, the quarterback coach, and it's almost like a like a speed dating type thing. You know, yeah. you, you, get, you get all these guys for, for 20 minutes. But then there's also formal interviews mm -hmm. where you have a set number of prospects that you can invite to your hotel suite and they walk in and the GM's there and the, and the director of pro scouting's there and maybe the owner's there and the head coach and the coordinators. And it's, it's kind of to put them on a spot, you know, mm -hmm. and you, you bring them in, you sit them down, you have all the brass, all the power players of your organization there, and you can get maybe some more intimate details or deeper questions and things like that. To me, I'll be very interested as the week goes along to find out who those handful of guys are for the Steelers. You know, because it's yep. one thing, again, to, to have that 20-minute conversation. It's a whole nother to say, hey, like, we want to take you on a second date. You know, we think the first date went pretty well. Let's go on a second date. You know, first time we just went for a walk through the park and some lunch. You know, let's sit down for dinner now and maybe catch a movie as well, too. Yeah. Um, uh, that's, that's what I want to know is, is do, they, do they have the, the formal interviews with Malik Willis, with Kenny Pickett, with Desmond Ritter. That's that's what I'll be interested to, to hear throughout this week. 
Absolutely. That, that's a big thing here. And and these are the things that you start hearing at the combine. It's not necessarily just the times. It's the it's the politics of it. Who gets talked to? Right. You know, what's the feedback from guys? I want to talk about feedback from another one of the quarterbacks that people are projecting to go maybe in the first round, maybe in the second, depending on where he goes. And of course, that's Matt Coral. But we're going to take a quick break. We come back. We'll be dress, addressing that, what he said about the Steelers and get more of our thoughts on where these guys are starting to fall within this class. But first, I'm going to talk to you guys about BetOnline.net. Football might be over this season, but basketball is full steam ahead with both pro and college hoops well underway. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your best source for betting on hockey, boxing, UFC odds, or even the NFL scouting combine. If you want to put a place a bet on if someone's going to beat 4.29 in this year's 40-yard dash, you can do that as well as all the other events that are available. Go to betonline.net today to check out all the contests. And also, make sure you can log on. You can use your mobile device as well to learn more about all the trends and action going on in betting on sports at BetOnline, where the game starts. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Wes Euler of Steeler Nation Radio. Wes, uh, back to this. Now, Matt Coral, of course, Ole Miss quarterback, a guy that got, you know that, that was at one point in the season was trending towards being a Heisman favorite. He kind of fell out at towards the, to the later part of the season, and Kenny Pickett became that guy uh, when he finished in third. But Matt Coral is still a guy that people are looking into, and you know, our people are, our kids are wondering – uh, you know, how does this play out? And Matt Coral, just like Malik Willis said, he liked the coach. And in fact, he said, you know, when he mm-hmm. met with, with Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert on the first night, you know, it was a formal meeting. And he says, I would love to be a part of that great organization. Uh, that's, uh, you know, that, that kind of speaks again to what we're talking about, how the Steelers, they, they can woo people very well. They, they love the draft process. You know, I, when I've heard people talk about Mike Tomlin is that Mike Tomlin is about this process, not just about yes. this. Not, not just about like, you know, going there and knowing who it is, but like he reads every little thing about these guys. He wants to know who these guys are, how they work, every little backstory that he can, because he wants to be able to relate to them. He wants to be able to build those relationships. I mean, and even with the guys he knows he can't get, like, for example, Minka Fitzpatrick, him and Mike Talman had a relationship because they sat down with him formally in, during during his, his, his draft year when the Steelers knew we weren't going to get him at 28. He was never going to fall there and we weren't in a position to trade up that year. But then later it comes back. You can go get the guy. I think this is something that the Steelers do, and especially Mike Tomlin does very well. That you know mm-hmm. also contributes to people saying, "Hey, I like playing. I like. I want to play for that guy. I like that guy." Um, there, there's there's value there. I want to get your sense. You know, what have you? What have, what are your feelings on Matt Coral? Because he's a guy that I don't think. If you talk about the, the, these first round quarterbacks, a lot of people talk about Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis with obvious Pittsburgh ties with Pickett, and you know the the, the rumors leaking out about Willis and the Steelers. Mm-hmm. How you know there there being a, some synergy there? But what's your feelings on Coral? Is he a guy the Steelers could take at twenty, or is he a guy that the Steelers, if they, if if they took him, it would probably be they waited and he happened to fall down in the second round? Yeah, I, I don't know about at twenty. But I will tell you this, he's a guy, he, he's got tools, right? right. I, mean, I mean, he you, you look at his kind of pros and cons, and, and like every quarterback in this class, there's not the Andrew Luck prospect coming out, right? Like there's right. every quarterback in this class has their pros, has their cons. But, but Coral's pros, man, lead me to believe 
he's one of those classic, very high ceiling guys. I mean, he's yeah. just got an absolute dynamite arm. You know, we heard a lot over the past two years. Why don't the Steelers throw the ball downfield? You <laughs> wouldn't have to worry. You wouldn't have to worry about that with him because he can sling it. He's again not a running quarterback, but he's got mobility, right? Maybe right. kind of like the the Justin Herbert type, where mm-hmm. he can run when he needs to. He can use his 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 feet when he needs to. Um, he was a guy that first half of the college football season I was really high on. Mm-hmm. I thought that he would be the number one quarter. You know, September October. I was like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to be the number one quarterback. His numbers were insane. He's winning games at Ole Miss, you know, like a, a program that hadn't been terrible, but he's elevating that program. They're in the national spotlight more than they've been in a long time with him and Lane Kiffin. Um, and second half of the season, you know, some SEC defenses started to figure him out a little bit. Yeah. And then everyone knows that, you know, he went out in the Sugar Bowl and had the injury, which because of that, he's not really going to do much this week. And, and that always plays a, a factor into these things as well too we'll see what he ends up doing at his pro day you know about a month or so from now mm-hmm. maybe he's a little bit healthier by then I I like him I do I I keep going back and forth Chris between let's go hypothetical and let's say you pick 20s up and Kenny Pickett's the only guy off the board so far right you know Pickett goes to Washington whatever they've decided their football team name is this week 11th <laughs> overall and no one else is gone everyone's still there mm-hmm in that scenario, I legitimately think the Steelers could take a quarterback, but still at pick 20, it just feels like they've got other priorities. It feels yeah. like it's got to be offensive line or defensive line, uh, or maybe, like I said, eight or nine linebackers that have first-round grades in this class that they could be interested in, both edge and middle uh, of the field guys. I, I feel like, and after, you know, we were, we were fortunate enough to have Kevin Colbert on with us on SNR yesterday as well, too. Mm-hmm. It really feels to me that we're going to know the answer about if the Steelers are going to draft the quarterback or not in the next two weeks. Because right. once free agency comes around, if they go out and they sign a Mitch Trubisky, shout out to Tony, baby. If they <laughs> if they bring in a Jameis Winston or a Marcus Mariota, or obviously if they trade for a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins, yeah, they're, they're not going to take a quarterback 20th overall. They're just not going to. But, Chris – if we get through March, if we get through the first few weeks of free agency and those guys are gone, Trubisky mm-hmm. signs with the Giants, Jameis Winston signs somewhere else, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo ends up getting traded to a different team, then yeah, then the Steelers are going to have to take a quarterback. And how long do you want to wait? You know, if you want to bring in, that's the goal. You know, without saying it, Kevin Colbert basically told us they want to have a two quarterback competition in, in training mm-hmm. camp, and Mason Rudolph's going to be one of those two. So it doesn't make any sense to sign Mitch Trubisky and draft Malik Willis or, or, or Matt Coral 20th overall because then you're going to have three quarterbacks competing for your starting spot, and that's just not good business. There's not enough snaps to go around for that many guys in, in training camp and in preseason to have a legitimate competition between three. So that, to me, we're going we're gonna to know in a couple weeks based on what they do in free agents. Here's my counter to you on that. Yeah. What if, what if they don't see this class as – any of these guys being ready right now, NFL starters. And they say, you know what? We're taking this because we think this guy can be the truth, but he needs a year to be groomed. And mm. what if it is that it's like, Hey, we're drafting you. You and you have, if you come in and light it up in camp, we'll give you the chance to, but 
The idea is you're coming in to learn while these two journeymen, we have, we have, we have Mason Rudolph. This will be his, his, you know, his what fifth year with the team. So he'll get a chance to prove if, if he's finally ascended to be considered an NFL starting quarterback and he'll go up against another guy that we signed in free agency. Who's been bouncing around the league and didn't cost us too much. And if you beat those guys out, great, but there's no pressure on you to do that your first year. Do you, do you think that that's something that's worthy? Or do you think that the Steelers, their first round pick this year needs to be a guy that's, that's starting this year. Well, if you believe Kevin Colbert, and, and I know, and listen, we all know that he's he's no longer going to be the general manager six weeks from now, seven yeah. weeks from now. But I also believe him when he says, you know, we're trying to put a team together to win this year. That's for better or for worse, whether you agree or disagree, the Steelers look at every season as we want to put the best team on the field who has a chance to win double-digit games, a division title, playoff games, AFC Championship, Super Bowl. I, I believe Kevin Colbert when he says that. And I also, you know, it's interesting, Chris, a lot of people have, you know, taken his comments and, you know, I believe the not exact quote from Kevin Colbert, but, you know, a couple words off was that there's quarterbacks in this class that can win a lot of games. Yeah. Right. There's starters that can win a lot of games. Kevin Colbert's always very, very calculated when he speaks on those things. You notice he didn't say there's any Super Bowl winning quarterbacks in this class. Right. He said there's quarterbacks who can win a lot of games. And, and he didn't say franchise success, quarterbacks. He said But he didn't starting. say any franchise quarterbacks. He didn't say any Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. I think this all gets back to there's guys that they like. I'm sure they like Malik Willis. I'm sure they think highly of Kenny Pickett. They certainly know a lot about him. Pickett was talking about his relationship with Mike Tomlin today and how he used to pick his brain over the last few years and watch practice down on the south side. I think, though, it would have to be a situation where one of these guys really starts to slide. Now, again, if we get two weeks from now and all these free agent quarterback names are gone and the Steelers didn't sign one of them, then this, this equation completely yeah, changes. It does. But looking through, looking through some of, of Kevin Colbert's comments, I think it's still more likely that they sign, you know, veteran – Right. prove it guy you know Mitch Trubisky Jameis Winston Marcus Mariota what, whatever you want there they try and rebuild the nest of this team right mm -hmm. get the offense moving in the right direction some reinforcements on defense and then once you think you have that support system built that's when you go and get your quarterback they don't want to do the New York Jets thing and no. bring Sam Darnold in with no help and nobody around him and bring Zach Wilson in with no help and no weapons around him they want to do the Dak Prescott where you got the yeah. best offensive line in football and a stud running back. They want to do the Russell Wilson, you know, where you've got Marshawn Lynch and you've got an established offense and core there and a great defense. Mm -hmm. They want the next quarterback to be able to come in like Ben Roethlisberger did yep. with Alan Fanica and Heinz Ward and Plexico Burris, you know, mm -hmm. and, and Jeff Hardings and, and, and all these. Jerome Bettis. And Jerome Bettis and Boo Staley. <laughs> all, all, these, all these great players, and not to mention the guys on the defense, that, that I think – is their plan. Again, we will know for sure in the next two or three weeks when we see free agency play out and we could get to April and the Steelers haven't brought in another quarterback. And then all of a sudden this conversation changes to Chris, I think they have to take a quarterback at 20. You know, like I think they have to take, get one of these top two or three guys. Um, but right now I feel like everything I kind of laid out there is the plan. Bring in another guy, compete with Mason while you spend some of that free agent money and, and use the draft this year to start to rebuild and retool this thing. And then when you think that the, the next quarterback is out there, you go get that guy when he feels like the, the final piece to, to put the puzzle together. 
that certainly seems like a, a good plan. And it's always interesting trying to read between the lines because there's certain practices that the Steelers have. Like everyone knows, the Steelers have been in every first-round picks pro day that they've mm-hmm. selected with Tomlin or Colbert or both, uh, you know, you're going back to Ziggy Hood in 2009. So that's been a thing that, that people know. So, like, there's different tricks that, they, that they've put in, but this is different. We haven't seen the Steelers do a quarterback search since 2004, like a real quarterback search. And right. th- this is this is going to be interesting. And, and the other thing about this is, you know, Wes, there's also the chance that if none of these guys are the guy, that we do this all again next year. And even even if some of these guys they think is the guy, they're like maybe they're like, ah, you know what, this didn't work out. We're going to trade and go get a guy next year. That's where I'm intrigued about how this, this team could be built. But I want to talk to you a little bit more about – which of these quarterbacks is they're all speaking now, right? Everyone's everyone's out. I want to get your sense of what it's been like being there and seeing these guys speak speaking the hype around them. Because all I'm 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 here in Pittsburgh. I'm covering pit football practices and basketball games and all, all these all these things here and running the show here. But I want to get your sense of what you're feeling from those guys. We'll do that in just a sec, right after this break here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Wesley Euler of Steeler Nation Radio and the Ears and Beers podcast. Wes, let's talk uh, let, Let's talk a little bit more about this quarterback net, net situation now. I want to ask you, you know, one thing that just spoke out to me is that, like there were pictures of crowds like getting ready to assemble to listen to certain quarterbacks. And it seemed it, it seemed like, and I'm not doing this because I have a pit bias because I went to pit, but mm-hmm. it seemed like there was a built-up hype around Kenny Pickett sitting down to speak. Correct. Was Correct. that the, was was there a little bit more excitement around when he spoke compared to other quarterbacks? Or was that just kind of just you know a little overinflated? No, there was. He he had the he had the biggest scrum, right? To use the to use the industry term, he had the biggest media scrum in front of him. He absolutely did. Malik Willis was close. Like it's not like it was a massive gap. Okay. But Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett did have um, the most media people there around him. And, you know, it was funny. Like, he kind of joked. I think part of that, honestly, Chris, hmm. everyone wanted to hear what he had to say about his hands. You know? <laughs> like, it's just – it's one of those things we manufacture these storylines because the NFL content calendar never sleeps. It's a 365-day-a-year sport. And we've got shows and we've got podcasts and we've got television and, and, and art and newspapers and all kinds of stuff that have to fill football content every single day. I think that was part of it, but I also think Pickett is the quarterback that I feel has the most intriguing window for where they could be drafted, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't think any of us really think, and it could change, certainly, you know, if he, if he lights it up this week, if he does really well at his pro day, maybe Malik Willis finds a way into the top 10. But it, it, it feels like Pickett's really the only one now who has a chance to be a top 10 pick. I also, though, don't think it would shock any of us if he had to wait a little bit, right. You know, if, if, if it was the teens before he was drafted, some of these other guys like Malik Willis feels like, you know, the double digits is where you can start looking for him to get drafted. Coral, who knows again with the injury curveball as well too. And there's certainly other names in this conversation. Uh, Ritter is, is, is on this list. There's, there's a lot of intriguing Carson strong, um, the quarterback from, from uh, Eastern Kentucky, whose name is escaping me right now. But there, there's a lot of intriguing guys here. Uh, Bailey Ken Zapp. Pickett. Zapp. That's it. Yeah. Yes, Bailey Zapp. Yes, thank you. Um, there's there's a big window for him. If he ends up going seventh, ninth, it doesn't mm-hmm. surprise us. If he ends up going 16th, 
it doesn't surprise us. Right. I don't know if you can say that about everybody else. I, I think that's a big part of the the intrigue as well, too. The the bizarre hand storyline that we have to do yeah. with some quarterback every single year. And just the fact that he feels like the one that really has a chance to be that top ten pick. But but you are you are correct. You are correct in that. He definitely had the biggest scrum. Although he was like two hours late. I mean, you guys not teach you guys not teach punctuality at the University of Pittsburgh? Or what are we doing here? No, no, no. Whenever we think it's nine o'clock, it's actually thirteen o'clock. Uh, uh, see, there we go. <laughs> uh-huh. We got him. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> It's a dumb joke. Anyway. It wouldn't there's be no, a show no with Chris if he didn't work. If he didn't work that joke in somewhere. Oh, give me my thirteen nine jokes. Anyways, uh, but more more so about this quarterback class, I'm intrigued to see if it, it, you know there was a really funny tweet that I thought was that that, that was out there uh, on on Monday, and it was I forget who sent it out, so I apologize to anyone I'm not giving credit to, but someone <laughs> tweeted out basically saying like, you know how bad this quarterback class is. Teams are rationalizing. What about Mitchell Trubisky being our starter right now? And there, there is reality in that. Like, there's no, there's no, there, there's, you know, we've had some quarterback rich classes recently come through, and this one just feels like there's not the the same kind of hype for it. And there's a chance that this could be that, you know, that, you know, this this could be that class mm-hmm. that just isn't all that. But there's still some excitement around guys, you know, who have some abilities. Now, I think part of it is, you know, none. there's very few of these guys have any height on them. You know, Desmond Ritter yeah. and Carson Strong are your only guys that are like 6'4". Everyone else is around the 6'1", six 6'2", six six range, uh, whether right. it's Coral or Pickett or Willis or any of those guys. And you kind of look at that and you're like, eh, you know, that's around Baker Mayfield size. Like, you know, you want to be able to see over the line. You want to have – you want to have the mo- – you want to – everyone wants their Josh Allen, right? Their guy who's super tall, has right. the cannon arm, and can – run and see and sees the field well but i think that's what this is missing is that there's no guy that has all of that packaged into it on top of the 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 extremely impressive uh career so there's 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 some things that are pushing back against it i can tell you actually i was just at pit football's practice and we asked pat narduzzi the pit football head coach about kenny sign and he was like you know i don't know how we ever got 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 around how we ever beat anyone with those with those small hands of his we should have used stick him (laughs) to keep the ball and and I, I do think that there's some reality as far as to, yes, I do think that there's a lower ceiling for Kenny Pickett than some of the other quarterbacks available like Malik. Like if Malik Willis put everything together the way that Kenny Pickett did in college, Kenny, yeah. Pickett, Kenny Pickett's here because he reads the field, because he makes good decisions, because he's an accurate throwing quarterback. Uh, you know, those are what – those and he puts it all together to, to, be, to be who was the most effective quarterback in college football mm-hmm. last year. But – Malik Willis has a stronger arm. He's faster. He, he he's he's more he's more mobile. If he's able to adopt those things, he he he, he you could say okay, his ceiling is higher. But how many times do we say if about a, about a quarterback coming around on, on those things? And it's those yeah. physical traits that Kenny Pickett has that don't just improve overnight. There are things that are just that's his, that's his cap, and that's where it is. That's where I understand some people are hesitant, if 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 you will, sure. about about this class. I'm just. This this is also why I'm like I'm not so sure betting on this with your first round pick this year is the best move, especially when when you're at 20, you know, unless no one's picked quarterback. If, if, everyone, if everyone falls to you, that's a different story. But it's the same reason why I said that they should draft Najee Harris because I knew that Najee wasn't going super high, and you would have had your first pick at your pick of who you thought was the best running back of of that class. I would have, I say the same thing when it's an offensive tackle, a center, a, a corner. Whoever, if you have a shot at getting at getting the top guy at a certain position group that you need, it's important to look at that. Yeah. Group. So that could be. But 
there's other position groups that might happen in. And one of them's linebacker, and that's where you told me, off oh. this is your new crush. You, are, are you now on the Devin Lloyd train? Well, see, I think, you know, for everyone that listens to this podcast regularly, if you follow me on Twitter, if you listen to Moats and I on, on SNR, I've had a crush on Tyler Linderbaum since September or October. Uh, that's been the guy that I have loved to talk about that I think would just be a perfect Pittsburgh Steeler. I got one, though, now on the other side of the football, Chris. Ooh. Devin Lloyd, yeah. linebacker out of Utah. Yeah. This dude, just if, if you want, if you want to, if, you, if you're not familiar, if you don't watch a lot of Pac 12 football, hey, don't blame you. Um, it, all, it often starts at 10 o'clock at night as well, too, on a Saturday. <laughs> go back, just do me a favor. If you're really a football junkie and you love this stuff and you care about this stuff, go on YouTube, watch his first half of the Pac 12 championship game against Oregon. Chris, this guy, I, I mean, it was like Aaron Donald-esque, the way that he was disrupting everything Oregon was trying to do. And I realize they play different positions, but I think you get what I'm saying with that. Mm-hmm. He was here. He was there. He was everywhere. He was in the backfield. He was breaking up passes. He knew what the Oregon offense was going to do, I think, before they even got the call in. Like, it was, it was just absolutely incredible. He wrecked that first half for Oregon. And, and, and the game was over because Utah had built a lead, and he had just single-handedly limited everything that that offense can do. He's been a, he's been a three-year starter. His numbers are just insane. Um, tackle numbers well over 100. Seven sacks last season as an off-ball linebacker. Four interceptions. Couple forced fumbles. Mm. Uh, Chris, of those four interceptions, by the way, he took two of them to the crib for a pick six. He's got three pick sixes mm-hmm. in his career as a middle linebacker. You don't see that very often. No. Um, he, he's got the splash. He's got the range. He can get after the quarterback. He can play in coverage. You know, we, we do this every year, right, where everyone's like, oh, we got to find our Joe Burrow. we got to find our Josh Allen. Now everyone on the, in that defensive conversation is saying, we got to find the next Micah Parsons. You know, right. like, newsflash, those guys don't grow on trees. They don't. There's, only, there, there's only a couple of them in the National Football League, but I think Devin Lloyd – can be Micah Parsons-esque. I'm not saying he's going to have the same rookie year that Parsons just had, which was one of the best we've ever seen for a linebacker. But I think he can be that same type of player that can immediately help transform a defense. I don't think he's going to be there at 20 because I I think he's just way too good for that to happen. But this draft is so wide open, you never know. Like I mentioned, feels like there could be five tackles taken in the first round. feels like there could be eight or nine edge rushers. Right. You throw in some quarterbacks that are always there. It's a good defensive line group. You're going to have a couple of those guys go as well, too. Um, I'm, I'm all about the trenches in the first round for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm all about the offensive line. I'm all about, you know, getting some reinforcements to that defensive line as well, too, just depending on how you're bored and how the draft falls. But I tell you what, Devin Lloyd is a guy that if somehow, some way, he's still there, I tell you what, I I think you sprint to the podium and 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 do it. And hey, you got Devin Bush, you got Devin Lloyd. I know some people would think you can't use that draft capital on this guy when you just traded up into the top ten a couple years ago to get Devin mm-hmm. Bush. But you know what? You see what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have done yep. uh, with Levante David and with with Devin White. You could have a similar type thing if Devin Bush is able to figure it out a little bit this year. Chris, he's he's just a freak, and and I obviously knew about Devin Lloyd, but this week I really started watching some tape and mm-hmm. I was talking about him today with Max Starks on SNR as well too. Those those are those are my two dream scenarios is that pick one or, or round one, pick 20, uh, somehow the Steelers 
end up with Tyler Linderbaum or Devin Lloyd? That, that, that I mean, I, I've I've been saying for a while now. I, I really like the idea of uh, of Lloyd. And heck, we did a whole episode with Moats where he was where he was talking about about Lloyd because the idea is you want to make an elite defense, and all of the great Steelers defenses have had have had you know uh, uh, you have had an elite linebacker in the middle of it who was the commander in chief whether you know jack lambert of the 70s uh, even in the mm-hmm. 90s where they didn't win a super bowl but they were competitive you had levon kirkland in the mid 2000s you had james farrier and the team yeah, this is also one of the biggest cruxes i think that the steelers you know have have have, have dealt with the loss of ryan shazier i think is one of the most pivotal oh, big time. losses in franchise history when you big think time. of the trajectory this team could have gone on with him healthy and be and being the guy that everyone's talking talking to you know i i really think that there's a that, that if they're able to get that kind of guy devin lloyd devin bush was the speedster guy that was the different kind of linebacker that they could just couldn't get their hands on because it seemed like in the the years after shays in the year after shays they just they those guys were just flying off the board too quickly and it wasn't looking like they'd get that shot and they needed an answer in the middle of the field and for the first year yeah. and a half he looked like he was that guy since his injury he hasn't if you even if he does return to form and you have another guy next to him you put yourself in a situation where now teams, it, especially with Tuit being back as as, as we, we think he might be now, now teams not only have to deal with Cam Hayward and Tuit up the middle and Tyson Alulu, but Devin Lloyd and Devin Bush. If Devin Bush is back up to par and Devin Lloyd lives up to the hype, that's a that's a, yep. a linebacker pair that's good that could be dynamic. And you still got to worry about Mika Fitzpatrick. And if they bring back Terrell Edmonds, you're going to have that chemistry. And one thing that Dale Lolly, you know, our friend from from DK Pittsburgh Sports, who also does mm-hmm. those Steeler Nation radio shows with you there at the combine. One thing that you know that, that him and I have always talked about is the importance of having that strength up the middle of your defense. Because not only with those great linebackers, they also had great defensive tackles and great safeties. You know, in the seventies, Casey Hampton, baby. You know, in in the two thousands, it was Casey Hampton, and then you had Troy Polamalu. In the um in the, in the seventies, you had Mean Joe Green, Ernie Holmes. Take your pick, and then of course Donnie mm-hmm. Donnie Shell, Mike Wagner, and, th- and those guys there. That middle part of the field is so important to be able to dominate. If you control the middle part of the field, you could you can. It's easier to control the rest of it. That's why I don't think that people should overlook Devin Lloyd here. But you're also yeah. right. Yeah, they sh- they shouldn't overlook the trenches. I've also last thing here before we go because we're because we're we're definitely we're definitely over time. But I want to get your thoughts. Tony and I were talking about this mm-hmm. yesterday on 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 the Wednesday episode when Kevin Colbert says that they want to see more out of Kevin Dotson and Zach Banner. That, of course, means people are saying, wait, Zach Banner's coming back? Okay, interesting. But does this mean that you're not going to invest in the offensive line? Did you take that or any other context clues you've gotten while being around the team and being around the combine that offensive line may be less of a priority in the in the, in the early rounds than we thought where a lot of us have been saying, O-line, O-line, O-line. We've been hammering right. it since like October. I think there's a real possibility that, they look at the offensive line as more of a free agency address. You know, mm. that's something that they want to address in free agency. I just said that really poorly. You get what I was You're trying fine. to say there. Because if you consider Dan Moore Jr. at left tackle, mm-hmm. I think everyone was very pleasantly surprised and encouraged by what you got from him as rookie year as a fourth-round pick. And you hope he's, he's going to continue to develop and get better and end up being that guy for you for the next decade. You look at right tackle, you've got Chooks, you've got Zach Banner, you know, again, not not A plus players, but Chooks, a guy with a ton of starting experience who has played well. Again, not not great, not all pro, but has played well for the majority of his time. Zach Banner, a guy who 
you know, everyone raves about in camp settings when he's healthy, just hasn't been able to put it together on the field, although it was a little surprising at times last year when the offensive line's struggling and you see Zach Banner just standing on the sideline yeah. not getting any usage. But this is this is where I struggle because I do think if if that's kind of your game plan, that you're going to run it back with those three at the tackle position, right? And then mm-hmm. you want to bring in some some guards and free agency and maybe you add another offensive lineman in the second or in the third or in the fourth round, just not on day one in the first round. I, I, I could get down with that. But I also look at it and I say, you know, if you bring it back, Zach Banner, that's a nice chunk of change. I think he's seven million dollars, close six and a half, seven million dollars yeah. next year. You, you you can't pay that on the offensive line for someone standing on the sideline. You can right. get you can get a, a starter for that money. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to re-sign Chooks. He's a restricted free agent as well, too. And as much as we're all, how do I want to put this, cautiously optimistic about the future of Dan Moore Jr. You don't want to just hand him the job either. You still want right. him to have to compete and work for it and prove it in training camp and in the preseason. So there's also a possibility, though, Chris, very realistic chance that the four or five offensive tackles that have first-round grades in them are gone by pick 20 because mm-hmm. tackle is one of those positions. It's like edge rusher and quarterback, man. Like everyone is – a lot of teams are looking for them every single year. The good tackles typically don't hang around very well. I think especially in a year like this – where there's not a top 10 slam dunk quarterback. There's not a top 10 slam dunk wide receiver. Right. I think there's a chance that those, those run on tackles could happen earlier. I, I think, again, all these questions, they're, they're great conversations to have now. And in a couple weeks from now, when free agency plays out, we will know much more and we'll have a clearer, clearer, clearer blueprint. There we go. <laughs> you can tell I've done like a lot of like seven hours of talking today. huh? Um, but I, I think there's a good chance that they look at it and they say, you know, of the of the four tackles, five tackles that we have first round grades on, mm-hmm. guys might not be there at pick twenty. Right. So maybe we go more. You know, we bring in a guard and a tackle in free agency, and then we you know address the offensive line in the third round and the fourth line fourth round to, to supplement some there to bring in some more competition. But I do think that that's a real possibility. Not necessarily that the Steelers aren't looking through the same glasses that we are and saying, yeah, the offensive line has to improve. That's like issue number one with this team. I, I'm sure they're there too. And we know for the past two years at nauseum, everyone in the organization from Art Rooney to Kevin Colbert to yep. Mike Tomlin, yep. everyone in between has talked about how the run game needs to be better. And the offensive line is a huge part of that equation, obviously, but maybe realistically, they just don't think there's going to be that guy there at pick 20. And if that's the case, as a Steelers fan, you should at least be happy that they acknowledge that and have that conversation because you don't want them to do the Artie Burns thing. No, you don't, you don't want, want them to, just to say, draft a guy to draft. We have to take an offensive lineman at pick 20, and all of a sudden pick 20 rolls around, and the highest offensive lineman you have on your big board is you have him 35th overall, and you end up taking that guy at 20. That's not what you want to do. What you want to do is get to pick 20, and maybe one of these guys that you have 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th on your big board is still there. I know you and I have talked about this on the show before. That's what happened with Cam Hayward. The Steelers, mm-hmm. the Steelers had the Steelers had no inclination to draft nope. Cam Hayward because they thought he was going to be long gone by high. the time he got yep. there. But he was what? He was picked 31, I believe, right? Yeah, he 31. Because that was the that was that was after they lost after the Super the Packers, Bowl. Yeah. Right? They had Cam Hayward in the teens on their big board. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Can't remember if it was 16 or 18, but they had Cam Hayward as the 16th or 18th best player in the draft, 
Wow. And they thought there's no chance we're going to get this guy. And pick 31 rolls around, and he's still on the board, and you rush to the podium and take him. That's what you want. You you don't want to do the Artie Burns thing where you're saying, we have to draft a corner. And so you take a guy that you have a lower grade on as a, as a, as a tackle or as a guard just because you feel that you have to. That's the last place you want to be on draft day. I agree. I agree. And they're, 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 I think the Steelers are planning to avoid that. They've learned that lesson. Um, and frankly, that hasn't happened often. That's a, you know, that was, a, that was a no. one-time thing there. Uh, and and they, they missed with Jarvis Jones, but you know, for the past decade or so, those are really the only two misses the Steelers have had yeah. in the, yeah. in the first round. Um, so I, I'm, again, I'm very intrigued. I don't think that the Steelers are locked into the quarterback position, but they are heavily considering these guys. And the more and more we hear about who they're talking to, how those quarterbacks feel out of that conversation. Those are the important things to keep track of to see where this where this goes. And again, like you said, when free agency opens up on March 50, where where does the league go? Where you know who all gets signed? You know, because there's talk about several teams are interested in Mitchell Trubisky. If he goes somewhere expensively, the Steelers aren't going to pay him a ton of money to come to come in. You know, some of you are talking about twenty two million dollars. That's a joke. No. You know, you know, so the Steelers aren't going to overpay for that. But they but they do want to get in good arms. And I think the Steelers are just saying, hey, we're at a really nice sweet spot at twenty. Someone can fall to us at any of these positions. You just got to be yep. ready and make and make the smart move. That's where we'll see if they do throughout it. Now, if you want to keep following closely what's going on every day at the combine, I suggest you get on Steeler Nation Radio because they're there live and in, in, in full in, full in effect. They are doing a great job covering it. Wes, you guys are killing it out there. I listen to you guys Thanks, you know, buddy. To, to, to keep things up with me. Um, and we thank you for coming, making time while you're in Indy to come on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Let people know they can find and yeah, yeah, you got the Lucas Oil Stadium right there, baby. But uh, let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Yeah, uh, at Wesley Euler on Twitter. Um, we've, like I said, we've had some amazing guests that'll continue this week on SNR. If you follow the Steelers Nation radio account as well, too, uh, we're live from ten to four, six hours every single day. The rest of the week, Saturday as well, too, throughout the combine process, uh, we've got guests all over the place from from a national perspective, from AFC North and local perspective. We even had on uh, one of the people from the Eagles yesterday Ooh. because you know because philly has three first round three picks first right in front of the steelers talking about how that could affect what the steelers do at 20 so mm -hmm. we love it this is why we love it there's so many angles there's so many hypotheticals this time of year as a, as a football fan that's why we love the draft that's why it's become such a huge event uh over the last decade or so so yeah steelers nation radio as always you can also i'm still doing uh the the show with arthur motes as well too just not live for for this week here uh, but Steelers Blitz, wherever you get your podcasts, if you want to rock and roll with Moats and I. And uh, and as Chris said, if you're one of the tortured souls that is a WVU fan as well, too, Crowley and I have got the Ears and Beers podcast. So I'm all over the place, Mr. Carter. I'm easy to find, baby. I, I do, do. He's – guys – do check out Wes Euler at Wesley Euler on Twitter. He does a great job. And he, as you can, as you can see and listen to right here on this podcast, he gives great Steelers takes Wes. Thank you for your time. You're always a pleasure to have on the show. Oh, thank buddy. you, dear listeners and viewers for checking us out on Apple, Spotify, Google podcast, Odyssey, and YouTube. Please like the video. If you enjoyed it, subscribe to our channel for all of our daily content. You can subscribe to us and anywhere for free. Um, and remember, if you give us a five-star review with a positive comment on Apple podcasts, you get a special shout out at the end of the show. We're going to close the week out. I think we're going to have Jenna Hart. We got to check because she's on, she's, been on vacation so i don't want to i don't want to bust up the vacay but we're going to try to still have jenna harner on for jenna harner fridays right here in the lockdown steelers podcast i'm your host chris carter follow me on twitter and instagram at carter critiques be back in your ears and on your screens very soon